Welcome back to Thinking Caps, where we talk about everything brand marketers need to know. This week, three really good stories here. Number one, Martin Searle sits down with AdAge to do a Q&A, and there's some really interesting things to read between the line. We'll break that one down. Two, Digiday is a great article. The industry is looking to first-party data to replace cookies, but the open web might lose out. Some really interesting stuff there. We also share a Forrester report that dropped here in February, the capabilities marketers need to build a strategic privacy function. We talk about some legislation that's coming down the pipe. There's a lot of good things in here. If you're an email marketer and you're thinking or using loyalty in any given way, you're going to want to watch this. So let's get started with Thinking Caps. All right, so a lot going on in this one. We got to dig right into it. Uh, I am Tim Glom, VP of content here at Cheetah Digital with Richard Jones, CMO. Uh, I'm going to start off here with my story that I picked. Martin Searle, um, great Q&A, you know, industry giant, ad agency giant, agency giant. And when he says something, you better listen. Uh, in particular this week, he did a, a Q&A with ad age where he starts to, you know, show his hand as far as where it's going with data and what he's doing in his organization. Did you read this, Richard? I did indeed. And I thought it was a, a really interesting article because it, it picked up on some of the things that we were talking about in Thinking Caps yeah. uh, last week. Yeah, Mark Pritchard, a few things. It, exactly. You know, he, he, you know, Mark Pritchard, obviously, um, you know, Chief Brand Officer of, uh, of P&G. Um, and we were talking about how he had come out at the uh, ANA uh, and was discussing how um, P&G had started to build out their own uh, consumer database, got uh, 1.3 billion, billion profiles uh, they've built out so far, and they're aggressively looking to uh, to build on that because they recognize um, this uh, move to the importance of first-party data, given all the changes around privacy and turning off um, you know, support for third-party cookies that Google yep. did recently, following moves from Safari and others. Um, and he, you know, he, he's taking control over that because the walled gardens um, are closed, uh, yep. and that is unacceptable uh, to Mark Pritchard and to PNG um, because it, it puts them in a, in a tough spot with yeah. these changes around privacy. So they're taking ownership, building out their own data. What I thought was interesting is you have, um, you know, we're Martech guys. Yeah, yeah, fully. <laughs> that's, that's why. So you know, why are Martech guys talking about ad tech? Well, the reason why we're talking about uh, ad tech is because all of these private this privacy disruption. It's impacting everything. You know, it's impacting oh. what our customers should be doing with their budgets and how they are going to run both an ad tech and a martech strategy moving forward. And what's interesting is you've got Martin Sorrell coming out the next week, basically saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, you know, he's coming fully. out talking about Mark Pritchard in the same way we did. We did yep. that, that. This is a future trend. Absolutely. And look, if if Sorrell's telling you that they're going to go back to school, so to speak, and understand this landscape and and what's changing. Um, that's telling because every single brand has an option. They can either go and get their solution, start getting ahead of privacy, start building their own, you know, audiences and connections, deep relationships, which he says here in the second paragraph that I like, you know, he's building relationships and you're getting information online, all subject to the privacy and, you know, impending legislation. Um, they're getting ahead of it. So you have two options. One, get your solution, get it in fast or keep paying these agencies a ton of cash to just take care of it for you. And I, you know, I don't think the latter is a, is a great strategy, but clearly agencies are getting into this business. They realize how important it is and it is the future. It's the future economy. Yeah. And I thought it was, you know, he, he sort of makes the, the point during the article that, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Smart Soil set up S4 after leaving yep, uh, WPP and they very much made the focus around first party data um, um, you know, a strategic uh, goal for them and how, how they help customers um, uh, manage their way through this, this disruption. Uh, and, you know, 
you've got all the major uh, agencies out there talking about digital transformation and uh, you know he probably somewhat cheekily says uh, that you know wpp who he helped found <laughs> i've got the albatross around the the neck of the new ceo yeah, uh, yeah. mark, mark reed because he's dealing with the, the history of how that agency is operated yep. which hasn't been in a first party data world Not whereas s4 it's a bit of a clean break yeah it's really, really smart. I mean, it's it's the agency of the future and it's strategic. I love it. So go read it. It's a great, anything with, with uh, Sir Martin Surreal is, is always a great, uh, great read. So go read that. But yours, you have another story. You have a story that you want to peek in here on and I've got it up on the screen from Digiday. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is again connected to this whole disruption. Um, yep. You know, and I, I don't know whether, you know, I, I would be surprised if, if, S4 have the answers right now. In fact, I know they don't have the answers right now. I think it's more of a strategic goal and direction where they want to get to. Oh, yeah. And he said as much. He's like, you he know, we, we don't have our strategy yet. We're researching it. So, yeah, he's they know they need to get there. They're just not sure what to do yet. Yeah. And I think that that not knowing what to do um, because of this disruption is right the way across the industry. So the article that I picked uh, picked up on to, uh, uh, for, the, for last week was actually this this article in Digiday which is um, the industry is looking to first-party data to replace cookies, but the open web may lose out. Um, and I think it's worth sort of digging into this uh, a, a little bit. So um, the Interactive Advertising Bureau um, annual leadership meeting in Palm Springs, um, which I'll be going to next week for retail, which would be great. Uh, on February the 10th, uh, the IAB Tech Lab proposed developing uh, a new identifier, right, uh, based on people's email addresses or phone numbers, which would be more of a consistent deterministic way of recognizing someone than third party cookies. OK, that's the sure. that's the, the point of the, the article. Um, but as they state here, um, you know, it's not just the IAB. You know, you've got executives from advertising agencies, you've got publishers, you've got ad tech firms that are all looking to sort of buttress um, the future of online advertising on email addresses and phone numbers. Um, now, the, 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 the second uh, paragraph in the article here, which I think is, is pretty interesting, is where they make the point that all these other folks in the ecosystem, the ad agencies, the other publishers, the tech firms, have seen Facebook and Google and their uh, dominance of the online advertising uh, market um, thanks to their uh, users' logged-in user bases, right? So they've got all of that uh, data, that first-party yep, data, yep. because they've got the logged-in uh, users. So um, they're in a very, very strong position. And, and there are many people that are out there saying that actually all this disruption in many ways is hurting the small and the medium. And actually, um, you know, it's only a temporary disruption to the Googles and the Facebooks yeah, sure. of the world. And actually, they're going to come out um, uh, very much stronger, which is probably the tension that someone like Mark Pritchard and P&G sees. Yeah, because right. you've got, you know, 10, whatever, $10 billion uh, advertising budget, and you're already on the hook to Facebook and Google, given the dominance <laughs> of a really small set of players. Maybe you could add Amazon in there as, as well now, but that's pretty much uh, it. Uh, and so it doesn't put them in a very strong position. And so really for them to take uh, ownership and to be able to isolate from disruption, getting their own data is extremely important with these uh, with these changes. Now, I, I think the, the bit that, that sort of um, the article misses uh, with uh, Digiday, um, is, is really talking about brands. Because why are brands different in all of this? Um, you know, if, if, if you're looking at the disruption that's happening to publishers, uh, agencies, um, tech platforms, et cetera, and it's all this move to first party data, and the ones that are actually 
the strongest are the ones that have this logged in uh, user community yeah, where sure. they've got this first party data. Why are you different as a brand? Why are you different if you're PNG? Yeah. Right? No, no, I mean, it makes total sense. And, and you look at what Mark Pritchard's saying. He's saying, uh, okay, we get it. You have logged in users, you have a wall garden, you built up all this wealth and, and information, Facebook. Awesome. We're going to replicate that. And it makes total sense. I mean, look, we're trying to be a media company by covering things and, and understand different things. And we're a SaaS company, really. So I love that the brands can take this control. They can have that direct to consumer relationship. If you have the right tools, if you have the right strategy, you have the right tools, you can be anything you want to be. And in this new economy of having that explicit declared opt-in and having being able to reach, you know, John Doe where he wants to be reached is huge. So the brands have to start looking at what the publishers, um, what everybody's doing. I mean, they have to have their own tools and their own strategy to do this. Now, I think there's a there's a, a a level of nuance here that isn't necessarily being picked up by everybody that's commenting on this disruption. And I think Forrester uh, are doing a really really good job at providing that that nuance and that and that detail. Yep. And so um, I, I wanted to also touch on um, a report that they uh, released on uh, February the seventh, which yep. was uh, the capabilities marketers need to build a strategic uh, privacy uh, function. Um, it's a really good report. I recommend everybody uh, reads it. We're just sorting out the uh, distribution rights with Forrester as we speak. So if you follow uh, the Cheetah uh, blog, you will be able to access this report um, uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, very shortly. Uh, and, 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 not, uh, and not have to pay for that. It's uh, part of our distribution rights. So, so follow the blog. Um, but it's, it's a pretty good report. Uh, and it actually breaks down kind of what brands need to do to be thinking about the capabilities uh, that they need to put in in place. Now, the, the, the nuance here is that while you've got on one hand, you've got uh, ad tech uh, um, uh, platforms, uh, advertising agencies, um, tech platforms, etc., publishers talking about, you know, what's the what's replacing the cookie? Is it email, <laughs> is it email phone number, whatever? You know, this is this is um, this is this is not this is not at the level that if you're a brand marketer, you need to be, you need to be thinking way deeper than that. Fully. Uh, and I think Forrester brilliant report. They go very, very de detailed into it. But there's one thing I wanted to pick out on this chart that they've got, which is really kind of looking at the various different capabilities they need. Um, and you can see down here in the bottom left hand corner, you've got the zero party declared data platform. They're calling out as one of the major uh, uh, capabilities that brands need. Now, this is where a brand marketer can go beyond just name uh, uh, an, e you know, an email address or a, a, you know, just the replacement of an identifier yeah, for, sure. for, for a cookie. Um, because what, what we're really talking about here is is it's about people. Yeah, right? it this, is. This move uh, is, is about people. It's not, it's not about just what replaces the cookie. Yeah, I mean, they're chasing their tail. I, I completely agree. They're just chasing their tail with trying to replace one identifier with another one, which is the same exact target, uh, target tactic sorry, that they've been doing. So I completely agree with you. The whole point of everything we're trying to talk about is get people into a database, get into a real relationship, get into real interactions with people, not groups of people. I mean, you can do that if you want, but if you can actually get people uh, into, th then you can people market. And I think that's that's the huge thread here. And then, and then you know, for, for folks that are following us will we'll know this, but for those that knew that, that, that won't, I mean, we talk about zero party data quite a lot. And actually you get um, quite a bit of pushback from folks in, in advertising and ad tech, which is like, oh, zero party data, that's just, yeah. you know, first party data Rubbish. with a with a millennial rebrand. <laughs> you know, no, it's not. You know, that's completely missing the point. The first party data piece is where people were just talking about what replace what's the identifier that replaces the cookie? Is it the name uh, or uh, sorry, is it the phone number or is it uh, is the email yeah, or, yeah. or combination of both? 
Um, what zero party data about is really getting information direct from a consumer that's self-reported where they tell you about themselves as a person, as an individual, their motivations, their yeah. desires, their interests. It, it, it's, it's incredibly important. It's where I've uh, really done well for clients in the past of getting that purchase intent, right? The, the psychographic data, you know, that's where it really lives. So what does John really care about? What does Jane really care about? Why, when are they going to purchase? Why are they going to purchase? Why do they, why do they purchase my, my competing brand uh, over me? So that stuff is so important. And if you get that in, you get it in at scale, it changes your entire business model. I mean, it changes your product development. It changes your life cycle, your sales cycle, and it changes just what your company stands for and, and who you are. I know when you were working uh, in the agency world, um, I remember being struck by how you were telling me about the psychographic information that you were willing, you know, people were willingly sharing Absolutely. with you in order for you to better personalize your products, your services, your Everything. advertising was actually getting you a 500% lift on engagement in ads. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So it was over 500 and some of them. So if we could actually understand a key feature, a key feature war set that we had over a competitor and we knew that you really cared about that, the ad was so much more in tune for you. I mean, we had dozens of different campaigns and not because we were trial and error, A, B testing. It was no, these people told us explicitly they want this feature. That's what they, they care about most when they go to make a decision. So having that data was unbelievable. And then not only that, it really feeds what I know you and I both believe in and we pontificate all the time is that builds loyalty and that leads to advocacy. So if I can start to talk to John Doe and Jane Doe the way that they want to, whether it's advertising, email, SMS, geolocated SMS, um, all those touch points and interactions I can have with them, they become loyalist very, very quickly. I can understand them. I can keep them in the fold and they become the advocates. And that's what was really impactful for me from the agency perspective was not just being able to report on lag metrics and things like, oh, your ads are doing better because we're personalizing them. No, we are taking John from the ingest of this all the way through an entire journey. And he is now a loyalist and an advocate for the brand. And that's where my clients were uh, typically almost all of them were able to reduce their marketing budget and increase sales at the same exact time because they were marketing to people not to you know tactics yeah, and you know we we, we it's, it's difference between kind of you know a lot of people talk about first party data and they're talking about uh inferred or observed data yeah. versus self-reported data and that self-reported data is actually the gold standard of data that is oh, zero fully. that's zero party data that's what's actually going to lift your yeah. results versus oh i'm just using you know an email over a, 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 yeah, a, a yeah, third party cookie. the identifier doesn't there's and the big thing i think uh that will resonate with people here is when you're talking about first party you're talking about third party there's no differentiation your competitors have the same exact tools they've you have no you just have to do it better you got to work harder at the same game i'm not very good at baseball now you might be great if i can't hit i can't beat you right so I need to change the game. I change the entire playing field by going to zero party data for our clients, collecting purchase intent, psychographic data that my comp, my competitors did not have. And that's the point of differentiation in this. For me, at the tactical level was, oh my gosh, I can run the same ads and the same targeting, the same everything as my competitors, or I can go this completely different route and own my destiny. 
but I would um, 100% say that if you're a brand marketer and you're kind of looking at this disruption, go, oh, everything's moving to first-party data. I'm listening to Rich and Tim, and I get it. Zero-party data is is fantastic. That's going to give me um, the the data that I really need yeah. uh, to market to people as individuals uh, versus marketing to uh, to cookies. Um, but that's only part of the the picture here. You know, I, I want to go back to that Digiday article, which was talking about. Um, the power of the wall gardens because they have this logged in user and they have all this data um, that they're collecting from from those logged in users. Um, and I made the point about why why does it why is a brand different um, from a from a publisher or a, um, a, a tech platform like Facebook and Google? And I really don't think they are. I think I think they need to think about the world in exactly the same um, uh, 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 ways. And you know how does a brand get that engaged logged in user group? Uh, mm. that it can connect with how does it recreate uh you know what others are, are now doing to be able to navigate this disruption and for me it's loyalty programs right we sure. have to we have to see a major major increase in the dollars and the importance that brands are putting on their loyalty programs um those that do are having that kind of logged in consumer relationship. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They're collecting data, which is zero party data as people are interacting with them, making purchases, engaging experiences. And we, we talk about kind of how loyalty has shifted from points for purchases to actually a framework that drives repeat engagement yeah. uh, and actually brand advocacy from uh, uh, from your consumer base, from your loyalty members, that fosters this kind of concept of emotional loyalty, yep. which is the end goal of where everyone wants to get to, because that is where you've got you know increased customer lifetime uh, lifetime value. That those that means delivering experiences as part of your loyalty program uh, yeah, that yeah, collects zero party data, yes. not just hey get you know here's a here's a voucher right i mean it's it's yeah, a yeah. different level it's a different way of thinking about how you engage with your customer base yep totally agree and i was going to say i want to make sure that you're talking about that kind of experience purse because um we had clients that just didn't have a, a sophisticated loyalty program however they were able to build that database and they're kind of in stage one right mm -hmm. like oh i need to build the database and then i'll apply the loyalty later. I just don't have the resources, the time, energy, whatever it is, but those experiences. And, and one of the most impactful things that I've seen in the millions of dollars I've spent for my clients was instead of marketing your product, again, it doesn't differentiate, right? If I sell baseball bats and my competitor sells baseball bats, well, mine's stronger, faster, and better. Oh yeah, really? Mine's stronger, faster, and better. Like it doesn't differentiate when we were able to say, Hey, you want to win, you know, tickets to the world series? Like, heck yeah, I do. So cool. Like, come on in. Like, Tell us a little bit about yourself so we can understand you and not bombard you with third-party, you know, tracking cookie ads. We're actually going to create an experience for you. And a lot of my clients were able to very quickly build databases and then get to stage two and stage three, which would be understand it, analyze it, uh, and then you know, stage three could be more on that loyalty and advocacy program. So if you're a brand marketer, don't be overwhelmed right now. There are definitely solutions. There's definitely things that you could start doing today. I think the number one takeaway right now Everything we've talked about, and we usually always talk about, build a database, start to understand your people. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get get in. Start building that wall garden, if you want to use the term, for yourself. Everyone else has benefited from it. Everyone else is, has control because they've done it, Facebook, Amazon, whomever it is. So do it for yourself. Put your brand in that space. Start to understand your consumers. Start to collect the right information, and then everything else will just become easier. I, I think it's, it's, it's you know pretty interesting for the, the kind of – Cheetah Digital um, 
historical customer base. I mean, you do many things now, but the historical customer base uh, being in the in the email space. And it must be so interesting to be an email marketer and to have lived through, you know, the last sort of seven, eight, nine, ten years where people were like, hey, you know, social media, the rise of social media, um, email's dead, right? <laughs> uh, and the, the, this huge growth in, you know, uh, online advertising and Facebook and Google and, you know, the third party cookie being this 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 way that brands were able to, to snoop on consumers. And actually here we are, 2020, and it's 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 well, it's back it's back to, to, to the email, right? Well, it's, it's really interesting. And you know what? On most of those accounts, these days you can get away with it, but on almost all of those social accounts that were taking up the email space, you still needed an email address to get onto the social platform. So I was always long on the investment on email. I'm glad it's back and I'm even more bullish on SMS, which we'll talk about in future uh, future podcasts. So we're, we're dragging on. What else do we have here? There's one other story I wanted to just show very, very quickly. Um, and this is everything that we're talking about right now. Um, privacy, right? We're in the privacy business. Um, privacy is where all the laws are being anchored, right? It's about privacy. It's about protecting consumers' privacy. GDPR, we know. We don't have to talk about the past. Um, but now, you know, Senator Gillibrand in New York is saying, hey, there needs to be a data protection agency, a referee of sorts. And our buddy and good friend, Scott McNeely, famously, uh, you know, said, you have no privacy, get over it. Um, but this new bill is interesting. I just wanted to point out, and it's a good article in Adweek that Adweek broke, but really you can go to um, actually her blog where she states everything that she wants to do in this. Um, what I wanted to point out here is that she's looking to put this referee not under the Federal Trade Commission, which is what most proposed legislation would do previously. This would be kind of an independent group. Um, and I don't want to get into it here. We don't have a lot of time, but I think this is good. I personally, as a brand marketer, would not want to have to manage 50 different state laws plus GDPR and everything else. I think a watchdog is the better devil of the two devils that you might have. Um, people may differ and, and, you know, uh, not agree with that, but let's get your, let's get your 20 second, two, two cents on it. Well, I mean, it, you know, we, we've been saying this is coming for a long time. It, it doesn't make sense to have different rules in different States, um, around, mm. around privacy. So I think there has to be something at a federal level, um, for everybody, yeah. um, yeah. you know, consumers, brands, marketers, the yeah. whole shebang. However, we are definitely going to get Scott McNeely on, and he was the founder of Sun Microsystem, legendary uh, CEO, um, uh, scratch golfer, scratch golfer, um, uh, very public on on, oh, on, yeah. on yeah, stuff yeah. about the, the the government's control in in, in consumers' lives. But he like a hundred percent is behind. You will if you follow him on social media, you will see how he talks about. Um, zero party data and how brands need to 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 get closer to consumers by asking them and not snooping on them. He will there'll be an interesting podcast. We'll have him on a call on, yeah. on a podcast because he'll probably, you know, agree with everything that we're talking about in terms of privacy, but he probably wants the the open market to decide yeah, the yeah, winners yeah, and losers yeah. versus he, the federal government. He, uh, he would he would say hopefully respectfully, uh, Senator Gillibrand, step aside, we'll take care of this. So yeah, I get it. it Everybody's got their. And he, their... you know, he does have a point. I think in the in consumer attitudes are changing, right? You know, if you're a marketer now and you're thinking it's acceptable to snoop on consumers, um, and you get caught, <laughs> you know, th th you are. This is a big backlash coming your way. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, you know, we know we went way too far with, uh, you know, standard practices to uh, snoop on consumers and observe their behavior and then personalize marketing. We all feel it with yeah. the advertisers that follow, you know, advertisements that follow around the around the web. Um, you know, I've, I, I've said on, on, on previous, um, you know, uh, uh, stuff that I've done on stage and stuff about how 
um, I, I went and had a hernia oper operation a, a, a year ago. Oh, great. Let's um, go there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, but, you know, I literally came back uh, and after the meds had worn off, you know, 12 hours later, um, I'm getting hit on uh, Facebook and Google and other, other channels with, um, hey, did your uh, surgery, your hernia surgery go wrong? You know, here's a lawyer. <laughs> hey, lawyer da, da. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't told anybody wow. that I'm having. I wow. didn't even tell my parents. I just thought, right, I'm going off and yeah, going to get sure. this done. And I was trying to work out what happened. And then I realized it, one of the apps on my phone was selling the data, uh, location data were. of where I went. They saw that I went to a hospital that specialized in hernia operations. Imagine if that was, uh, oh, you know, imagine wow. if I was uh, uh, going to uh, a clinic for a really serious health issue. I didn't want anyone to know. Yeah, sure. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too far. So we all know we've gone too far. Yep. Um, it's just a question of what rules and regulations we put in play to control uh, our behavior as an industry. Yeah. Well, look, I, it's coming. Um, the one thing is it's coming. It's impending. It's you can't stop the steamroller. There will be legislation. So my analogy I've been telling brand marketers and my clients are, look, there's a street fight coming. You are on, you are going down the path and you're going to have a street fight around privacy, transparency, regulation. Why don't you just start to like collect the right information right now and permission-based information from your consumers today so that you can like almost get in a helicopter and just cruise over that street fight and not have to drive through it, you know, not get your windows broken in your car. And I would definitely uh, shout out to anybody that is, um, you know, an email marketer that is controlling the, their brand database. You, you are sitting at oh, the gosh. heart of this disruption. This is absolutely gold for your career. But if you're not talking about how what your strategy is to build your database to layer on zero party data on top of the basic first party data you have in your database you've got your head in the sand and yeah. you're missing a massive opportunity for not just your brand but for yourself it's it's crazy and i'll, I'll just share this one i had one client who had two hundred fifty thousand people in their database knew nothing about them except for just the name email maybe some postal and the ceo said tim in nine months if you can get me a little closer to those customers and learn anything about them like we're going down the right path. Within two weeks, we spin up a cheetah experience. This is before I was in house here. Cheetah experience. We had 78,000 people answer nine purchase intent questions, which in, like was, I can't talk about the numbers of revenue that were generated in less than four weeks. So they were like, oh my gosh, we've been sitting on this pile of emails and we just send a newsletter once a month and that was it. But literally within two weeks, they knew more about their customers. They knew more about their product research, where they failed, where their competitors were beating them up. And it changed their entire attitude and their marketing strategy. And now they're successful for it. So you can do it. If you're sitting on an email list, you have the power to get that, get more information, get the permissions, get above all this privacy and everything. That's Let me up. put it in context. There's a, about 150 customers we have on Cheater Experiences today. Um, over the last two years, We've collected just shy of one and a half billion people billion. that have converted in these campaigns and layered on multiple bits of wow. data hey. to that conversion. Sometimes we're getting 25, 30 data points per person converting on a campaign. It is huge data collection at scale. Yeah. And if, you know, if I want everybody to know out there, you can collect this data at scale. You just oh. need a strategy and you need the right technology. Yeah. And I would also say, 
you need a loyalty program if you're not thinking like that yeah that is how you frame a lot of the long-term engagement with these consumers around the data collection around increasing your customer lifetime value yep all right look a lot of stuff in this one um we're going to come back to you with scott mcneely uh, we always want your comments your your questions is there anything else we need to follow up here with is there anything we want to end with i would just meaningful? say just uh, uh we're also uh going to have um uh, oh, jill uh, yeah. oh. uh which is going to be a great podcast we're coming so jill uh, is our uh, chief uh, information security officer. Yeah. She worked at the FBI for like 25 years or something, brought down some of the biggest uh, cyber criminals in the world, like Mafia Boy. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be talking to us all about kind of what it's like to fight cybercrime, uh, give us an insight to that world, plus yeah. look at what's happening around privacy legislation around the world. So that is one not to be missed. Yeah, I can't wait to meet her. All right, guys, appreciate you watching. As always, check out the blog, cheetahdigital.com. Look at the blog. We'll get you that Forrester report so you can get access to it. It was just dropped here in February. Um, and we'll be coming back to you with tons of other information. See you soon. See you soon.